welcome back to the sixth episode of the Life Lessons podcast. Today is episode two of three of the MEC series, where I interview classmates of mine who are also studying mechanical engineering. Today's guest is one of the handful of girls in my class, and she came to study all the way from Durban, South Africa. I'm sure she had a very different upbringing from myself, and I'm really interested to learn about it. So let's get it started with Chachi Chen. Uh, how are you doing today? Hi, pretty good. Thanks for having me on here. <laughs> yeah, um, you mind giving maybe a brief introduction about yourself? Yeah, uh, so I'm Chachi. I am, as Marcus mentioned, studying mechanical engineering at UBC. Um, just finished my third year. Um, and yeah, I was born and raised on the east coast of South Africa in Durban. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I could start, say, I, I don't know why I really came to UBC, to be quite honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just like really wanted to study overseas. Um, that was always like a dream of mine. And honestly, UBC was the only university in Canada that I got that I applied to and I got in. Um, okay, yeah. And that's pretty much how it started. <laughs> uh, were there other schools like overseas that you wanted to that you considered and applied to? And yeah, stuff I considered um, the states, and I did do like all the SATs and all oh. the applications. Um, Holy. Yeah, but it's just like a lot more. UBC international fees are expensive, but the states is like even more mm-hmm. expensive yeah uh, the states is so crazy. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so maybe to start off um why do you want to go into engineering good, good question <laughs> uh, when i was in high school i was actually very torn between art and engineering art school mm-hmm. and engineering um mm-hmm. i'm very into design and um you know you can go either way you can either go like the art way where it's all like make things look good um mm-hmm. and that sort of thing uh but I was kind of worried just because I took art in high school and that was by far the most stressful subject out of all of my classes, <laughs> including AP oh, math. Really? I don't know. It's just like being judged on like your ideas as opposed mm-hmm. to like what you can do. And that was just very stressful for me. Um, okay, for sure. And then like engineering, it's like, you know, I can do math and science and problem mm-hmm. solving. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's what really inspired me. And I guess it is like how they say engineering is they teach you how to solve problems, not just really, you know, memorizing things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be good. Um, it's like more skills like, that you can transfer across. So that's what really attracted me to engineering and mechanical. Again, it's like just very broad. I've always been sort of not really sure what industry I want to go into. And mm-hmm. mechanicals has that like very broad nature to it where you can go into anything afterwards, really. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Actually, wait, that's pretty interesting. Um, just cause I think, or at least in my perspective, lots of the other engineers I talk to, most of them are like, oh yeah, I did it because I was just good at math and physics or whatever. But, um, it's interesting to hear that like you had other stuff that you were like kind of considering as well. Um, yeah. yeah. In school then do you, were you pretty good at like all subjects throughout high school or? I would say, yeah, pretty fairly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll be honest, like the South African school curriculum is really not that difficult. Okay. <laughs> um, I, feel, I think we learned trigonometry like in grade 11, which I think is kind of late. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, the standard's not very high. Um, yeah, I didn't really struggle in school. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 I, I mean, I don't think the standards here are that high in my <laughs> opinion either. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe it's a little worse over there. Um, I, was actually, I was actually kind of surprised that I got into UBC honestly with like just my high school grades because okay, I, yeah. I wasn't sure like how they translate um, like schools that way mm-hmm, but I guess mm-hmm. it worked out okay yeah, yeah. Uh, so how has uh, MEC overall for you been so far 
uh, are you pretty happy with what you chose? Because it kind of sounds like you you aren't. Am I correct in saying that yep. like you aren't still aren't too sure on what you want to do, but you're kind of yeah. finding your way there? Yeah, that's correct. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really happy. I, I sort of always knew I wanted to get into mech um, from first year, like when we were in general anyways. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that I did. Um, I think because there's a nice mix between hands-on project work and also a lot of like the theory stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And it's actually exceeded my expectations. Like I know that at UBC, mech is like a good program, but I didn't know before coming in how good the program was. Um, oh, yeah. So that was a nice surprise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would say though, it, it's been stressful, especially oh, yeah. like second year. I mean, you went through mm-hmm. Mech too. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Some dark times. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I'll say like looking back, like it, it was like very valuable, but at the time it's just a lot of work and stress. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that you feel like Mech kind of exceeded your expectations. Uh, what yeah. are some ways you feel like that? So, um, I think it's like I mentioned, just like the mix of hands-on learning and uh, and just like normal school. Mm-hmm. Um, something you probably don't know about me is I actually studied at the University of Cape Town uh, for one semester before I came to UBC. Oh, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> I definitely it's did actually, not know this. <laughs> it's actually because um, like in the Southern Hemisphere, the seasons are flipped. So like our uh-huh. school year goes from January to December. So I oh. finished high school December 2016. I had like a few months before... UBC started mm-hmm. so I was like yeah maybe I'll study yeah. <laughs> for a bit like just to kill some time mm-hmm. um, so I studied at the University of Cape Town and there you go straight into your like discipline so I did one term of mechanical engineering um, oh okay so like if I were to compare that it's like nothing like what we do in mechanical engineering at UBC it's like all straight theory um, mm-hmm. you don't really they don't really have like any co-op opportunities available um uh just like in general it's it's like i think for me what excuse my expectation maybe it's not so much mech and it's just ubc engineering in general but like mm-hmm. a lot of extracurricular stuff that's available which i think is really valuable in terms of professional development oh, okay yeah uh wait are you born 99 still then or are you 98? yeah yeah i was born 99 oh, okay okay i uh, just double checking yeah. um yeah <laughs> uh so you brought up mech too for a bit there um i guess what uh what was your study habits and stuff during mech 2 and did you feel like there was a big jump between uh first year mech and or like first year engineering and second mm-hmm. year mech um just because for me uh i think i've mentioned it before but uh, i transferred actually from sciences in first year to yeah. engineering second year so for yeah. me the jump was like massive but uh yeah. just for you what was that like yeah um i guess in terms of like study habits it was quite routine i mean the classes are so structured like 8 a.m until what, like 4 or 5 it's like just class mm-hmm. tutorials um yeah i would go home and like study do homework and do study for like the quiz that week mm-hmm. and yeah. that's basically like my monday to fridays every day <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah pretty structured um mm-hmm. i would say the jump uh i don't know really actually I think that the big shock was the, was the whole like weekly quiz thing. You don't have any midterms, mm-hmm. and how you're sort of stuck with the same people <laughs> all day, every day. <laughs> that, yeah. Like it wasn't bad, but it was definitely different to first year where you have like classes of you know 200 people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like different people every day kind of yeah. thing. Uh, so yeah, that would be what was different for me. Mm-hmm. 
I think in terms of content as well, I think it's just the nature of Mech 2. It's definitely mm-hmm. a big jump from first-year engineering. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you think... And then how about second to third year? Um... Yeah. Um, that, I think, wasn't as bad because you're sort of going back into the more normal like university schedule. It's mm-hmm. not as crammed and intense. Yeah. I think what was a struggle for me was that was like there was the eight-month break from end of second... Uh, oh, second right. year and third year like with the co-op term yeah and i really like relaxed my brain <laughs> during those eight months yeah so going back into it was a bit of a struggle okay um <laughs> which format do you think you actually preferred like uh mm. mech 2's format of like all the classes um yeah. kind of intertwined or just the normal school system i guess i think i kind of prefer the normal school system uh okay. Just because it's like things are more spread out and it's like sort of more clearly divided. Um, like I do see the value of mixing all the different classes together and like being able to uh, sort of integrate the knowledge you learn. Like we have that mixed final exam yeah. where they <laughs> have all like <laughs> combined different topics into one question. Um, yeah. Like I do see the value in that. That's like more real life example, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me personally, I, I do enjoy like sort of the easier format of having separate classes <laughs> oh okay yeah oh actually that's interesting because um actually so sorry so for listeners who don't know uh the way ubc mech 2 works is um basically for uh, almost the entire term we take one course but this one course is worth like do you even remember like 15 16 credits i want to say yeah it's like, like like all the credits <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous so yeah. we have one course that's worth like 16 credits and it's basically like five courses combined into one um which is kind of insane <laughs> but uh for me i thought it was kind of nice just because uh all the teachers or all the profs kind of have to collaborate um and you can instantly see like why you're learning something um for me specifically it would be like i'd go to math class and then sometimes you ask yourself like why am i learning like first order derivatives like and why would i ever use this and then you literally go to your next like i don't know dynamics class and they're like oh uh you need to solve this and the only way you can solve this is with a first order derivative or whatever and you're like oh dude i can see how that applies and whatever um but yeah no uh, yeah. i do agree that it was definitely pretty stressful with just like yeah another thing is we had weekly quizzes every thursday um, as Chachi said, we didn't have midterms, but just every Thursday you just had what they called a quiz, but these quizzes were like two hours long, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> definitely a little, little crazy. I'm curious, like, how you found the jump from, like, sciences, which isn't even in engineering, and then, mm-hmm. like, into Mech 2. Um, so for me, I was definitely hard chilling first year. <laughs> um, <laughs> like... So I actually only took four courses first term, six courses second term. Um, And yeah, that first term, I was like, I was chilling so hard. (laughs) Um, Because in high school, I took a bunch of like AP courses or whatever. Right. And as you know, like basically all the first year is just AP content. Yeah. Um, So uh, yeah, first, definitely first term was all review for me. Um, Second term, though, was... A little tricky because I wasn't used to balancing like six courses. Um, trying to remember, but I still I don't think it was too bad. But that one, yeah, I think it was just 
math. Math for me was a little bit tricky. They, do you remember that math 101, the math 101 exam and stuff? I think so. Okay, yeah. I just remember I, I used to be like, wow, I was kind of good at math. And then I just got destroyed on the final. I was like, what oh, the yeah. heck was that? I think it's every like high school student going into university like, oh, yeah, I'm so good at math and like, yeah. physics. And then you go like in the final exam, you're like, what is going? Actually, no, it's the first midterm, I think, yeah, of yeah, like yeah. your first class. And you're like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so actually, I'm curious. What, uh, what are your study habits like? Because I think a lot of people often ask like like we're taking six seven courses like mm-hmm. are we just studying all the time like yeah I guess are you studying all the time what does your studying habits look like honestly I think yes <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> um well I guess it, I would say like I don't have as like strict study plans as some other people maybe I just <laughs> sort of take each day as it comes really oh, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I most of the time it's just like weekdays would be where I do all my homework. Essentially, you have like you know school in the morning, afternoon, mm-hmm. and then do work in the evenings. Um, I think on the weekends I typically will leave like one of the days off just to like not do any schoolwork. Um, mm-hmm. But I found that like you really can't get away with not doing anything, any homework on the weekend. Like there's just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of studying oh, yeah. um but i do like to like do other things besides studying because i would think i would go insane if i didn't have <laughs> <laughs> if i didn't take breaks for sure yeah uh, uh, i was gonna say like do you find that for the most part then you try and spread out all your work throughout the week or um do you yeah just try and do as much on day one and then a little bit less on day two etc i would say i spread it out i'm one thing about me is that like i really cannot pull all-nighters mm-hmm. and like be awake past midnight like a bit oh, okay. of a, a grandma here <laughs> yeah um so i think because of that like i i tend not to be able to finish everything really mm-hmm. like on the same day kind of thing okay yeah yeah, yeah. uh do you have any study tips for people because i'm always really interested in like how other people oh. study but like for example do you take notes in class actually now that i think about it i do i'm like okay. a very like hardcore pen and paper kind of person Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, just, I think it's just how I, I like memorize stuff best. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so you take so uh, maybe just like walk me through your study habits because it's for me it's always really interesting to hear how like different people study. So yeah. like, do you just like take notes during your lecture and then like review your notes or? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I would say I would take notes during the lecture and then um, I guess most of the time my studying just go is from like doing practice problems um Mm -hmm. and then from that obviously like if you have to review something go back and review and Mm -hmm. then and then doing like practice midterms when the midterms are coming up um Mm -hmm. so yeah i I don't really do so much like review of the notes so so to speak it's more just like actual practice questions is how i learn best yeah yeah okay no that that's same for me though um i find like practice problems and stuff is hands down the best way to learn because you're actually like doing it right yeah Um, i I really struggle to digest like large amounts of like just text and theory (laughs) yeah for sure uh what do you do for courses though when uh they don't have i I mean Mm. like some of our courses didn't have practice like problems for the most part or the worst is they have practice problems but they don't have answer keys so yeah it's like yeah uh yeah what do you do during that (laughs) 
it's gonna struggle through. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I think it for things like that, I would definitely reach out to like other people mm-hmm. um, and compare answers. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, and what, what do you, what would you do in that situation? Um, honestly, pretty much the same. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like, yeah. I pretty much just ask my friends for help. You just look for the smart kids, right? Yeah, <laughs> just... that's like the number one tip in engineering is just like, yeah. get your friends to <laughs> yeah. collaborate. Make friends, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, so something you mentioned was like being more involved. Um, you found that you had more opportunities and stuff uh, at UBC. Uh, I think mm-hmm. one thing that's pretty interesting is, uh, for those who don't know, um, lots of engineering students will join design teams. Um which are basically these like student-led teams that often do uh, either competitions or just big projects. Um, just to name a few, at UBC, there's like UBC Rocket, where they're literally building rockets. Um, there's, um, I just suddenly can't remember, the electric car one. Like Formula... Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> wait, yeah, for- Formula Electric? Is that what they're called? Yeah, it's like the normal formula, and there's also like the Formula Electric. Okay, yeah. There's yeah. like projects where they create race cars Mm -hmm. um or like electric race cars and literally race them um just stuff like that um so you're on a uh, design team right now Mm -hmm. actually right yeah uh you're on sailbots i believe yeah i'm on sailbot Uh Um, maybe you want to talk a little bit about what sailbots is and maybe your role uh in all that yeah sure uh sailbot so basically at sailbot we design and build autonomous sailboats um I guess like a bit of background on the team that first started with like those small RC sailboats that they would compete. It's like an international robotic sailing competition, something. Okay. Um, and they, Sailbot did really well. I think they won like several years in a row. Oh. So they decided to like move on to bigger, challenge, more challenging things. Um, mm-hmm. So they decided to build a larger scale sailboat, sailboat um, called Ada, and she was. Uh, she attempted like the transatlantic journey from Newfoundland to Ireland um, to sail autonomously, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. like along the way, she came across like three hurricanes <laughs> and didn't quite make it. <laughs> um, it was like, yeah, unfortunate. Um, that was tragic. <laughs> yeah, and they, they the team lost contact with the boat, uh, mm-hmm. so it was like sort of a sad ending. But then a year yeah. later, they like. Because I think there was UBC, like, on the outside of the boat. Okay. And then, like, some research vessel saw it floating on, like, on the ocean. I think it was near Florida or something. Yeah. And they called UBC, like, is this your boat? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, like, yeah. And then they managed to bring it back to UBC. And then we got to, like, analyze, um, like, what failed. Um, mm-hmm. Which is something you don't really get to do with, like, boat crashes. Like, if it sinks, you don't really know what went wrong. There's no, like, black box you can really go and decipher what happened mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah um so that was pretty cool um so from that uh the team got to like learn what went wrong and then designed like the boat that we're currently working on called ray which is was intended to sail um from victoria to maui last summer Ooh. but because of covid uh like we had to seriously delay um everything because ubc basically shut down <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um so yeah so that's like the goal of the team um, and my role, I am actually a mech lead on the team, one of the several mech leads. Uh, so we sort of manage the mechanical sub team and we're responsible for des- designing and building the physical boat itself. We also have like the electrical and software sub teams. Um, 
and the software is more doing the autonomous aspect of the sailing, um, mm -hmm. like the machine learning. And then electrical, as I mentioned, it's like a lot of it's like the power and um, like electronics and batteries and that sort of thing. Wait, yeah. that's crazy. Actually, I, uh, <laughs> wait, is, isn't is Newfoundland to Ireland like yeah. crazy far? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just, just, it is, yeah. I'm not shook. Because I knew about the Maui one. Mm -hmm. um but that's like not nearly as far right no and yeah and the maui one it's like an actual sailing competition that they do every two years like the vic maui oh. uh -huh. yeah but i think the newfoundland to ireland is like it's just this big patch of ocean that people yeah to, to cross <laughs> okay damn that's crazy um so uh you said or how'd you end up uh joining this team and what i guess made you want to join sailbots specifically stuff like mm -hmm. that yeah, I guess for me, Sailbot just seemed really interesting because it has that autonomous aspect to it. And, you know, everyone's like very interested in that these days. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I just wasn't interested in cars. Like, I know there are a lot of like the vehicle design teams on campus, which yeah. is like some people like that. It's like it's fine. It just wasn't <laughs> really my thing. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was very interesting. Also, thing like ship design itself is pretty interesting because you have sort of that extra aspect of having like water to account for um, when you're designing like for aerodynamics and everything mm -hmm. um so that was very interesting um and then i guess the reason i wanted to join a team in the first place was just as i think i mentioned earlier is just getting that hands-on experience and like actually applying what you learn in class mm -hmm. i think design teams are, are really good for that and be, just being able to be exposed to um a more hands-on experience like i've definitely learned a lot of building and like working with carbon fiber and just uh like assembly things from being on the team that i probably would have never learned elsewhere <laughs> yeah uh actually that's pretty interesting because um something i've been curious about is uh how much of the stuff do you think we learn in school that mm. we actually apply um and i guess like most for the most part we're not working i mean like we're on co-op or whatever like working jobs mm. but like uh I mean, this project that you're talking about sounds is like a pretty big thing. Uh, mm -hmm. How much of the stuff do you think you learned while on the team, opposed to mm -hmm. how much stuff you learned in school? To be quite honest, like I think a lot of what I've learned is from the team, and not so much <laughs> mm -hmm. applying what I learned in school. Like I think there are definitely like um, things like I would say like solid mechanics and sort of structure analysis that comes in handy when you're trying to design things um mm -hmm. and also like even like uh heat transfer thermodynamics when you're trying to calculate you know if your electronics box is going to overheat mm -hmm. um but for the most part it's like for me it's been learning from the team and learning as you go and just learning from mistakes okay yeah. um it's like very practical i would say for me it's like it's not so much applying theory and it's been more like seeing what works and what doesn't okay yeah, yeah. yeah. um what do you think is the coolest thing you've learned on sailbots thing i've learned i think it's how to um work with carbon fiber uh -huh. and like how to turn it into from like just fabric itself into something that's like very strong um, oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's something like you don't really do in your free time just because it's so expensive <laughs> and like, <For> sure. <laughs> it's like, what are you really gonna build <laughs> yeah. um yeah. 
but yeah so like our entire boat basically is made out of carbon fiber um mm-hmm. so doing that where you have to like you know carefully cut your pieces out so that you have you still maintain like your structural properties once it's set mm-hmm. um it's like laying down the fabric and then putting in the epoxy and making sure you have like just enough epoxy that it's <laughs> like it coats all the the carbon fiber but not too much that you're like reducing like the strength because it's like sort of the the ratio of your fibers to epoxy is like determines the strength of your final material <laughs> okay yeah, so, yeah. um wait, so that's been really interesting wait, yeah wait that's crazy wait sorry i didn't even realize so you guys like hand build your boats yeah <laughs> oh what <laughs> well okay we ha- we did get like we have a mold that we that is like made from cnc parts mm-hmm. um but like the f- actual boat itself was like laid down by hand. <laughs> oh then... damn, that's crazy! Yeah. I thought yeah. for sure that you guys just like I don't know went to some manufacturer and was like, "All right, we've designed this boat. Uh, we just need you to like mold this carbon fiber or whatever." But no, yeah. I didn't realize you guys all did that by hand. Yeah, we we built that's our crazy. own oven as well to do that because <laughs> so like in between. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess a bit of context is like so for like the actual hull like the boat structure itself it's like carbon fiber but in between the layers of carbon fiber there's like a foam material which is supposed to be like lightweight but still strong mm-hmm. um and then that comes in like a flat sheet so you want to be able to heat it up so it can like conform to your mold shape okay. um but it's like i think it's like 110 degrees celsius mm-hmm. um but you can't really do it in like a conventional oven right so we had to build our own like thermoforming oven <laughs> in order to heat up these pieces. <laughs> it's like not only did you have to build the boat, but you had to build the oven to build the boat. Like pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so talking more about some experiences, uh, I think we're both on co-op right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you do co-op uh, before this, or was is this your first co-op? Yeah, I, I did just... a co-op term uh, back after like second year mech. Okay, yeah. was it the full eight months or? It was just four I... months. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? So, um, maybe, yeah. Uh, what are you doing right now, and how was your experience before that as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I can speak about the one before. Uh, I was at a company that does autonomous, sorry, not autonomous, like subsea Ooh. things, like um, robotic submarines and subsea drills. Okay. Um, so like Wait, kind of related to Sailbot. So cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> kind of related to Sailbot. Um, and that was that was kind of nice because it was a mix of both like in the office and um, like going in the machine shop and assembling things. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a very small company, like maybe twenty people or so, like just mechanical and electrical engineers. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of my time was. Uh, like updating drawings and assemblies and and um like analyzing some like drilling uh operations if that makes any sense sure. <laughs> and like I had to predict how much uh drilling mud they would have to carry on the drills so you can like okay. lubricate drill um and then also like a lot of time in the machine shop where they actually assemble the submarines and like the drills and like make sure that they all work before they send it out to the clients mm-hmm. uh, Wait, sorry you so, said yeah. it's autonomous it's like Oh. I think it's mostly robotic. Like they do okay. control it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh wait. Yeah. But they didn't have a software team, or it's like part of the electrical team. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how, I guess how was your first co-op like? Um, mm-hmm. uh, just because 
I mean, I guess once again, straight out of school or like yeah. straight out of Mech 2, we had yeah. zero experience with anything, I guess. Were you on yeah. design? Actually, were you on Sailbot starting second year or? Uh, it was like halfway through second year. So I'd only been on Sailbot for like, like not quite a year when I started okay. my co-op. Oh, okay. But yeah, that, that's a good point though. Like, yeah, I would say um, my first co-op, there was a huge learning curve, like just working in industry. Mm-hmm. It's... I don't know how to describe it, but it's just very different to school where, like, you don't really have answers to anything, and no mm-hmm. one really has answers to anything. You just gotta like yeah. figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, I would say honestly, like, it was a four-month co-op term. I think I only really got comfortable three months in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know if you felt the same when you were on co-op for yeah. the first time, but That's it's it. like there is a steep learning curve, and I find mm-hmm. like now, um, I just it's like one month, I think. Mm-hmm. this week um that i on my my current co-op yeah um like it is a different i haven't spoken about it yet, but it is like a different industry but i found that like the transition has been a lot smoother like i haven't found it as challenging i think because i do have that previous experience for sure uh, like yeah. being an in industry yeah mm-hmm. i guess like to explain a bit more i'm currently working like in the building industry um like a consulting company and they basically like plan um like plumbing and h and the mechanical department at least like plumbing and hvac systems mm-hmm. and then this company themselves also does like sustainable buildings so like passive houses and trying to reduce carbon emissions from buildings Whoa. um so yeah very different to the submarines <laughs> and, <laughs> and subsea drills yeah sounds a little complicated um <laughs> yeah and sorry what kind of work do you specifically get to do at um this current company Current, yeah. Uh, right now, all I've done so far has been like um, planning and sizing like plumbing systems and buildings. Mm-hmm. I think it's just because it's the easiest thing to give someone who's just started to do. <laughs> it's like oh, yeah. basic calculations, like referring to tables. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also gone on some site visits as well. So that's been oh, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and then get to see like the drawings that they have and like okay this plum this plumbing fixtures over here and like see if they installed it correctly mm-hmm. huh? uh, did you find applying for a second co-op like a lot easier than first or yeah 100 percent, a lot oh, easier okay. <laughs> um because you have like actually stuff on your resume right uh-huh, um, uh-huh. and i would also think maybe it's just me but i found that the interview questions in my sick like when i was applying my second round were a lot easier or maybe i was just better at answering them the second time around but i feel like they're they're like i think they already know that you have experience they just want to hear like what your thoughts are as opposed Mm -hmm. to like grilling you as like you know can you do this can you do that i don't know if you Mm -hmm. found the same um Um, when you were applying yeah yeah yeah. i mean (laughs) uh i I didn't get that i pretty much only had like one interview the first time and two interviews this time so (laughs) not too much experience with interviews but uh definitely the questions i got were actually no wait now that i think about it the job i'm working at now they have me do like a written test what (laughs) What Uh, yeah (laughs) so actually now that i think about it that one that one was kind of (laughs) hard um yeah, what am I saying? Yeah, that, uh, they especially one of the questions, they just showed me this, like, 40-part circuit or something. Oh, my God. And they were like, what do you think this does? And I had no idea. <laughs> I, just, I literally, I'm not even kidding. I literally wrote down, like, oh, this is a battery testing company, so this is probably a battery testing <laughs> circuit. 
I look. I I literally had nothing. I was like, I'll just go with it. Well, you got the yeah. job, so it must yeah. have been somewhat correct. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised. Knowledge is kind of big. But um, actually, yeah. For you, uh, what made you want to apply to? Or yeah, what made you want to work at this job specifically? Um, I think for me, a big part was like the whole sustainability aspect that the company has, um, mm-hmm. like something I've, I guess I've, yeah, I've, I've never really been sure about what I want to pursue mm-hmm. as a career, but something I've known I wanted to do was be able to like make some sort of positive impact on the world. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think a large part of that for me is like sustainability and like preserving our environment. Um, so I think I was very interested in that. And that's mm-hmm. what actually compelled me to apply. Mm-hmm. Um, what's kind of interesting as well was I actually applied to this company the first time around, like when I was applying for co-ops. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got the offer, but then I couldn't take it because I already accepted my other job. Oh. <laughs> and then when I applied this this time around, they were like, yeah. oh, yeah, we remember you. So that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Do you so, think yeah, tip for everyone is don't give up if you... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Do you think this is a company you might want to work, or not? Maybe not even company, but like industry that you'd want to continue working in after university. Yeah, definitely. As as something I've been like considering for like the last few days, actually, it's just like, Mm -hmm. even though it's been one month and like what I'm plumbing doesn't sound very interesting, but I've really enjoyed like every day that I've like been at the office so far. Damn. Um, so I definitely can see it as like a, uh, sorry, like a career that I pursue. I can see myself like making an impact in this industry Ooh. um yeah a, like, a, and it's probably not for everyone but like yeah. i personally really enjoy it for sure uh yeah. no that's awesome because yeah i mean everyone has their own passions or whatever and just finding yeah. that thing uh yeah that's pretty cool um any yeah. interesting things you learned there so far even just in your one month there was something that this guy told me the other day uh-huh. <laughs> i think yeah. it was like about um like in the city of Richmond, they get like a lot of floods, so like the risk of floods is quite high. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the way they have to, like the way they protect their buildings is the buildings sort of like, I don't know exactly how it works, mm-hmm. but like I think on the base level, it's sort of like not really attached to the ground, so that okay. when it, when, it, when it floods, it sort of like float, like it'll like flood the oh. the base, and then it, like the building floats on the oh, water. Okay. Okay, that was pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, wait, that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Little Floating buildings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess last thing regarding school is, uh, as I mentioned, uh, you're literally one of a handful of girls in mm. Mech. Um, I'm pretty sure there's, what, like 130 of us? Yeah. Something like that. I'm pretty sure there's only, like, definitely less than 20 girls, right? Yeah, I think there's, like, 15. I counted yeah. once. Okay, yeah. Like <laughs> it's, 15, not, it's not too difficult girls. to count. Yeah. <laughs> so literally, like, like one-eighth, one-ninth of the class are girls. Like, um, definitely less than 10%. Um, so I guess, uh, what's that like for you? And do you feel mm-hmm. like you notice that a lot? Or And do you find, like, working at companies, you always see, like, not, you don't have that many... Like, there aren't that many other girls to work with and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, as I experience. Yeah, I would say that is definitely noticeable. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, uh, when I was studying at the University of Cape Town, the ratio was, like, the percentage of girls was honestly, like, exactly the same. So, uh-huh. <laughs> it's yeah, um, it's, like, noticeable. I've been pretty lucky, I would say. Like, I haven't really felt discriminated against 
mm-hmm. because I'm a girl. Like I, I think there are stories of people who do have bad experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found that I think girls in engineering typically are quite supportive of each other and like sort of have our own community in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really nice. Um, but yeah, I've, I've been really lucky that like I have like friends um, who don't really make it noticeable. Oh yeah, if yeah. That makes any sense? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I have found in industry there is like a pretty big discrepancy, especially in mechanical. I think is is one of like the worst. Um, mm-hmm. Like in my first co-op position, there was only one other big girl in the mechanical engineering department, and there was one girl in mm-hmm. the electrical engineering, and all the other women in the office were like admin, which is not great. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. But the current the company I'm working at now, I don't really see many people because most people are working from home. But like, mm-hmm. there is a much higher percentage, I would say. I think they they're very like active in trying to encourage women in engineering. Um, mm-hmm. so it's good to know that there are companies who are like aware that there is this sort of like discrepancy for um, sure yeah yeah because yeah definitely i for me that was the actually now that i think about it i'm pretty sure that was the biggest like shock already <laughs> <Coming> from <laughs> sciences like there were i'd say it was like 50 50 guys to girls yeah i literally remember that first day in mech 2 i like watched into class like, and i was what? like where are all the girls at i was like <laughs> wait huh I'm, I'm pretty sure i was literally like the fifth person in class and it was like 30 dudes walked in until like, a girl showed up. I was like, like what, what is this class? Like, I knew engineering, there weren't that many girls, but like, this is like, crazy. <laughs> I think it's also interesting for me because I went to an all girls school for like all my life, like from grade one oh. to grade 12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like basically like a complete three, like 180, where it's like from all girls to like pretty much all guys in my class. Yeah. <laughs> the exact opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um sure actually uh let's maybe talk a little bit about your uh childhood or like upbringing then i guess Mm -hmm. um so as we mentioned like you grew up in durban south africa yeah um what's the i guess first question is like what's the ethnicity pop uh percentages like Mm -hmm. um because uh for context and i think i mentioned this on another episode but my dad grew up in south africa um he grew up in port elizabeth and uh actually at one at one point when i met you i told my dad i was like oh there's some girl in my class from south africa and he was like oh what city i was like durban and he was like wow when i was in durban there were literally only three chinese people in the entire city (laughs) so (laughs) uh, i'm curious what it's like now (laughs) i mean your dad's not i mean i don't don't think i was there when he was around (laughs) for sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah but, but he's right like when i was growing up they were like in my city, at least, if you saw an Asian person, like, in the mall, there was, uh-huh. like, a 99% chance you knew them or, like, okay. <laughs> you knew their family. It's, it's like, that small. Um, yeah. I think now there's definitely a much larger population, I think, especially as China is sort of making its way through Africa, <laughs> I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so not as recon- – like, you don't really recognize that many people anymore, but it is, like, there's a very small East Asian population especially compared to Canada like that was one of the big shocks for me when I came here was like I don't actually stick out like a sore thumb a sore thumb you know, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. blend in <laughs> no one really questions that you're there yeah, yeah. um in terms of like the other races though like I think the most is we like the um like local African um people in Durban specifically it's like mostly Zulu um Zulus because like that area is like the home of the Zulu tribe okay and then is also like the like white population as well, and then mm-hmm. in Durban specifically, there's also a very large um, 
Indian community because mm-hmm. back when we were under like English rule, the English had sent um, Indians to work as slaves on the sugarcane fields. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's a very large like community there. So it's like a very, I would say, diverse place mm-hmm. and like a lot of different cultures and they're all sort of different in their own sense. Like they have their own accents, their own mm-hmm. cuisine, their own like cultures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, talking about diversity, actually, so, uh, South Africa's, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure South Africa, you guys have, like, seven national, seven or twelve or something national languages. Eleven. Yeah, eleven. 11. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, that's kind of, cr- that's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was going to say is, um, sorry, when you said that you feel like there's a lot more, uh, like, East Asians there, like, mm-hmm. a lot more than three so that means like how <laughs> like we're talking like i guess my question yeah do you still yeah. feel like you were uh, like clearly a minority there or yes definitely it definitely is like i think it was i don't know the exact percentage maybe like i don't know i don't even know if it's like one percent it's very few oh. um oh, okay like i would say growing up the the maybe like in my city itself was maybe like less than a thousand in a city mm-hmm. of like i don't know how many million like okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah it's like not a lot um like especially compared to vancouver it's <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for yeah. sure <laughs> yeah sorry well you said a lot more yeah i was thinking like maybe i don't know 10 20 percent and then you said one, oh, sorry. Like, oh no no, oh, no sorry crazy. sorry sorry yeah a lot yeah, for yeah. me is just like maybe in the mall like you won't be the only asian person it'll be mm-hmm. like two or three other families <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of crazy um yeah. so uh, something interesting is uh, i mean i feel like in vancouver um people generally gravitate towards their like the same race yeah um just in general like i i don't think it's like a conscious thing just like subconsciously like yeah everyone kind of gravitates to their own race um yeah. but since as you said like you didn't have that many other Chinese people or East Asian mm-hmm. people um, in school, like who did you generally hang out with, and what was your like friend group kind of like? Yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah. What you said is definitely true. I think people just gravitate towards like what they're most familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, not really a conscious thing. Um, but yeah, I definitely struggled with that being like the only you know Chinese person in my grade. Mm-hmm. I think at one point I was the only Chinese person in my school after my sister left. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would say, like, I had a pretty diverse friend group of, um, like, white people, Indian people as mm-hmm. well, and also, like, um, like some of the African people as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of tough because it's sort of like that crisis where you don't really fit in anywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess I was also, again, pretty lucky that the school did have, like, diverse, I, I guess, a diverse... Um, set of people mm-hmm. who all like got along okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh for the most part then i'm just kind of curious like uh what was uh what was your friend group like then um like were you part of the nerds were you part <laughs> of like i don't know i feel like every school kind of has their own yeah many cliques right yeah um yeah what did you kind of fall under i would say i was under the nerds <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> Um, I just didn't like going out. Like, it's uh-huh. pretty easy to, like, go underage drinking in South Africa. I'll be quite honest and get into clubs, mm-hmm. like, when you're not 18 yet. Legal sure. age is 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely very easily could have done it with my sister's ID. She's older than me. And, like, yeah. 
like you know all asians look the same apparently <laughs> yeah i mean um, you see no asians ever <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah um so yeah i just like that would definitely have been like you know the popular group i think it's the mm-hmm. same everywhere the ones who like go partying every weekend and socialize For all sure. the time um yeah i was definitely part of like the nerdy like uh does ap math is part yeah. of orchestra uh uh-huh. does like you know <laughs> like yeah, yeah, the nerdy yeah. extracurriculars that kind of person mm-hmm. um uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so something you just mentioned there was like uh, underage drinking is like pretty common there and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess where some other things that, like, what was it like just in general growing up in South Africa, and maybe where are the biggest differences between there and here from what you've seen? I would say the biggest difference is just personal safety in general. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like yeah. you really, like it's really not advised to take public transport because there's a very high chance you'll get mugged <laughs> or like. <Okay. laughs> attacked um Uh yeah which is very different here like i see you know school children like just taking the bus by themselves and it's completely fine Mm -hmm. um so i think in that sense growing up in south africa you are quite not independent like you have to have your parents take you somewhere Mm -hmm. um uh so i think that is the biggest difference and also like you can't really you know go walk on the roads hang out uh like I mean, you can go to like the beach and everything, but not alone or like you have okay. to be in a large group of people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we really, we do live quite sheltered um, mm-hmm. childhoods, I would say, compared to here. Okay. Um, and I guess one thing I also, I mean, it's very normal for me, but like having a very well protected house. Okay. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like we have you know electric fences and barbed wire around oh, our walls wait, and like. What? Yeah, and yeah. you have like security cameras everywhere and like security guards. Like here, like your the walls around your houses are like nothing. You're not you're not uh-huh. stopping anyone from like yeah. climbing over your wall. <laughs> Wait, that's crazy. Wait, I actually yeah. didn't know anything about that. You didn't um, know that? No, I didn't know this at all. Yeah, I I don't think my dad's ever told me a story like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because like armed like um house break-ins are pretty common. Um, uh huh. So you got to protect yourself against those, uh, actually fun, f- well, not fun fact, but like my grandma and my cousins used to live in Johannesburg, um, uh-huh. and their house was actually broken into like many, many years ago, but I think it was, I don't know how bad it was. I was quite young, so I don't know like the details, but I think it was pretty bad. I think they might've like been armed. Um, oh, yeah. and then like within the next week, all of them just like pieced out the country and moved back to Taiwan because <laughs> they're all like, they, they have dual citizenship, like Taiwan and South Africa. Okay, yeah, yeah. But like my fam- like me and my sister were only South African citizens, so we didn't have that option. We just had to stay. Oh. <laughs> Wait, that's crazy. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, um, we went back to South Africa when I was like five or something, like ages ago. Um, and I remember we went to Johannesburg, and then mm-hmm. my dad's like one of my dad's good friends. He's like some rich businessman or something, right? And he was like, "Hey, can you lend me a car?" And then. The, his friend's like, yeah, sure. The dude shows up with, like, his fanciest car. And my dad starts freaking out, but not in a good way. He's like, yeah. he's like, what are you no. doing? You're gonna get us killed. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, don't you see? I have, like, three kids. Like, we're gonna get mugged. And, yeah. <laughs> and I just remember him being, like, super paranoid about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I knew Johannesburg was a little sketchy, but I didn't know yeah. that. Like, I've definitely never heard of, like, electric electric fence oh it's so common (laughs) (laughs) uh like how common are we talking about because once again like 
it does depend like on your neighborhood it's like mm-hmm. um if you I, I would say like middle class and higher like if you can afford you know a, mm-hmm. a house like a decent house you probably have if not electric fence you at least have like barbed wire or spikes going along your walls <laughs> it's like pretty standard yeah. i would say, yeah oh wait that's that's kind of crazy yeah and then like uh, upper tiers having private security <laughs> damn so i guess just growing up in general you were were you like pretty worried about like were you always i don't know like constantly thinking like oh i might get attacked or something like that or it I would just kind say of became like, a norm at some point or it's definitely a norm like you definitely become desensitized towards it <laughs> and like i think especially because I, that's all i i'd ever known i grew up there it was sort of like this is just life it's pretty mm-hmm. common um but i do think that like i was just always very aware of my surroundings and i still am i find like mm-hmm. now here as well like i never listen to music while walking on the roads or like if i see like shadows around me like i'll like be extra wary of them yeah yeah <laughs> um so yeah i think you just it was it was like normal to me but like coming to canada and being here for what, like almost four years i definitely mm-hmm. see how it's like not like very normal <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i've as i said i've never heard something like that so to me that that's just wild um, I mean, but do you guys like arm your houses when you go to sleep no <laughs> no i just i just lock the lock. door <laughs> no <laughs> yeah well, that's something i think people like in canada don't really lock their front doors oh yeah okay those people are actually crazy okay <laughs> <laughs> people who don't lock their front doors that's like actually crazy <laughs> But I don't know. I feel yeah. like any way to get into our house, it's like, yeah, either you gotta like break the door open, you gotta smash a window. Like, uh, I'll hear you at least. <laughs> but <laughs> I might still die, but I'll hear you coming at the very least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, actually, I guess just maybe continuing on, like, what else was it like growing up in South Africa? And maybe, uh, actually, Actually, sorry, never mind. Let's change it to what when you moved to Vancouver, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think was the biggest like culture shock for you? And actually, first of all, had you visited Vancouver before you decided to even come here? Or I had not. I had never been to Canada like before, uh-huh. and I realized yeah. like after I came, I was like maybe I should have just like scouted the place first before I came. <laughs> like I didn't okay, even yeah. know. Um, I mean, I I really enjoyed it, so I was pretty uh-huh. lucky in that sense. But like. Yeah. I think I, I didn't realize how big of a risk I was really taking until like, <laughs> after I arrived. <laughs> yeah. Wait, if you hadn't been here, like, what was and you said you didn't do like too much scouting. Like, what was your yeah. impression of what Canada was like before you came? Just I, I just imagined it would be like America. I think, and even okay. then, like, I know America is like very different depending on where you are. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, like, as someone who grew up in Africa, it's just like a general, like a, a typical North American city is like it has a sort of a stereotype. If you, it's like, you know, a standard city like with downtown high rises and then like suburban like houses on the side. I think that's just like, what we imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, is that sort of what I pictured? It's not too okay. far off, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. So, what was I guess your biggest shocks? Um, I guess I mentioned this earlier. I think biggest shock was just like the sheer number of Asian people <laughs> and oh, yeah, how yeah. it's like my existence isn't really like a shock. Um, uh-huh. Like one thing growing up in South Africa is that like if I anytime I go into public pub, go somewhere in public people are like staring at you mm-hmm. and they'll like probably say something racist <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> um <laughs> whereas here like that does not happen it's like 
super common. Everyone, like, back at home, everyone who seems like don't speak English, whereas mm-hmm. here it's like, there's a very high chance you do speak English. Oh, okay. So that's kind of nice. <laughs> Wait, oh, does that mean that you're, like, multi or bilingual to some extent? Kind of, yeah. I, I do speak, um, like, Mandarin at home with my parents, and oh, then yeah. I would say, like, conversational in Afrikaans. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um... Wait, uh, sorry, you just mentioned your parents, and I just thought, so how come your family moved to South Africa? Mm-hmm. This is an interesting story. My parents actually only met in South Africa. Like, I know most, like, Chinese immigrant parents, like, they families, they move, like, together. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, so my dad's originally from Taiwan. Okay. Um, and my grandpa was, like, a ship captain for okay. um, this, like, shipping, Taiwanese shipping company, and then they asked him to, like, start some offices in South Africa so that's what he did and then mm-hmm. my dad and my uncle um, moved with to like help uh, so that's how my dad got in the country mm-hmm. and then my mom um, she actually graduated from university the year of like the protests the student protests in China like the mm-hmm. Tiananmen Square protests yeah. um, so she had planned to go to the states to do um, to study more after her undergrad mm-hmm. but because of the protests like she wasn't able to um, get her passport um, as a student okay. but she could like get a passport to go work overseas so then she got a job in Lesotho actually which is like a landlocked country in South Africa mm-hmm. um, I don't know how but she somehow met my dad and then they got married and they've been there ever since oh, Okay. <laughs> and I actually asked my mom like if you like when you first moved did you ever imagine you would like stay for so long and she's like I never would have imagined <laughs> <laughs> damn that's kind of crazy yeah uh yeah, it sounds like it's an uh, interesting talent, to say the least, to raise the family. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, actually, how was it for you uh, making friends? Because, as you said, like, Durban... Uh, fun fact that Chachi's given me before is Durban's literally <laughs> the furthest city from Vancouver. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> so what was it like going from, like, literally the other side of the world, knowing you... I'm assuming you knew zero people in Vancouver, right? Well, actually, one girl from my school did come to Vancouver to study as well at Douglas oh. College, but, like, we didn't really speak, and she okay, didn't yeah. go to UBC, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but, yeah, sorry, so how was it, like, making friends and stuff? Like, coming to to Vancouver? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, it was definitely, yeah, challenging. Like, I didn't expect to... I don't know what I was expecting, but, yeah, like, knowing completely no one, it was... Mm-hmm. It's kind of scary. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess it really helped that I lived in res in first year. You're sort of forced to interact with people, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then I found, like, just um, speaking to people, like, especially, like, in the towards, like, the beginning of first year, like, on Imagine Day and, like, first days of class, like, just, like, forcing yourself to go speak to people, that's sort of what got me my friends. Like, I'm still friends with most of those people. <laughs> oh, from first year? Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Damn. And then, and I think joining clubs is is also really important for making friends. I think that's for any university student, actually. Mm. That's how they make friends. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think for me, what kind of made it easier to make friends is like, because I was from South Africa, everyone was just very interested. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So that really helped like the conversation and like 
uh-huh. people were interested to hear my stories. Yeah, definitely low-key. The moment you spoke, I was, like, so confused. I was like, where's oh, this yeah. accent from? I was like, Get that all the time. The? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, it's, like, such a... I guess it's not really in the mainstream media, so you don't really hear it too often. Uh-huh. But it's, like, clearly, like, an English... Like, some sort of accent. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> no, what's, what's so strange to me is when you told me South Africa, I, like, almost didn't believe you because... Yeah. <laughs> like as I said, my dad, uh, my dad's from South Africa, and everyone says he has a South African accent, and I literally do not hear it. Like, <laughs> I do not think my dad has an accent. Like anyone who says so is lying. But then the moment you spoke, I was like, you clearly have an accent. So I was like, what is this? <laughs> um, but See, well, the funny thing is, like, even like me being in South Africa, people don't believe. Like when I'm in the country, they like they don't believe that I'm from there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> it's, it's like, crazy. is it the classic, like, where are you really from? Yeah. That, um, yeah. Damn. Um, sorry. Uh, so, f- before I move to the next thing, uh, yeah. actually, I'm curious. Uh, so, actually, to me, I think you have an accent. But obviously, yeah. to you, the rest of us all have an accent, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, what are, <laughs> what are some, like, how would you describe the American accent? Because, for example, like, one of my friends was telling me the other day that I have a Canadian accent and she's American. And I was like, Canadians? Like, what are you talking about? That's, that's <laughs> you're, you're like, pulling my leg. And then she was like, dude, I do need to say, like, bag. And I was like, yes. bag. Wait, yes. <laughs> yeah, the way Canadians say bag and the way you say sorry is, like, very distinctly Canadian. Like, like explain. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm really terrible with accents. And I'll sure. be, admit, like, before I came, I couldn't differentiate between Canadian and American accents. I think uh-huh. it's just, like, North American mm-hmm. sounds pretty similar. Sure. But you, like, but, like, hear a difference? Like, now I do. I think, like... Wow. I think Canadian's accent is, like, it's, like, less sharp. I don't know if that's the right word. It's, like, it is milder than, than an American accent. Sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But definitely, uh, like, the words bag and sorry are, like... Yeah. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> that... that... I'm so confused. She explained it to me, and I was like, I, I still don't get it. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's definitely pretty interesting. Um, but, yeah. Uh, last couple of things was, uh, you mentioned that uh, growing up, you were also pretty interested in, like, design, uh, mm-hmm. art stuff. You said you did some sort of orchestra, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what kind of interest do you have outside of engineering? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Back in school, I, did, I was very involved in music. I did piano and played flute, so I was in wind band. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pretty, like, nerdy, I guess. <laughs> nah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but unfortunately, like, I haven't really been able to keep up with that in uni. Mm-hmm. Um, like, piano is not very easy to just, like, you know, store. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and then flute, it's like, kind of tricky, because I still live in, in like student dorm, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure if I would play my flute, I would <laughs> annoy the heck out of my neighbors, because yeah. <laughs> the walls are not very thick. Uh-huh. Wait, did you um, bring your flute with you? I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you played it since? I have, but oh, hell yeah. it doesn't sound very good. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, you definitely lose these skills if you don't practice for four years. <laughs> uh-huh. That's for sure. Just, you know, yeah. just a little rusty. <laughs> yeah, a little rusty. And the flute itself is also not in fantastic shape, I'll admit. I think, <laughs> I think I didn't put any, like, dehumidifying sachets in it, or, like, I think you're supposed to do something like that. I didn't do that. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, what but, yeah. was I going to say? Oh, how far into those did you go? Like, mm-hmm. did you take lessons and stuff, or...? 
Yeah, I did lessons. I so I started learning piano since I was four years old, mm-hmm. and then flute from grade three. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, quite a while. Although I didn't, I did do some um, like actual exams. I did the it's like the British. I know in Canada you have like your own music testing yeah, system. Yeah, like RCM. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I did like ABRSM, which is like the the British one, or one of sure. the British ones. Um, uh, and I did some exams, but I was just like. I'm really bad with performing under pressure. I get like oh, yeah, yeah, super yeah. nervous and my hands get super shaky. So it was just uh-huh. overall bad experience. So I, I didn't do exams um, later on in life, mm-hmm. but I did still go to lessons. Um, it, it was like quite high up. I don't know, like for ABRSM, the highest would be grade eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, you can do like licentiate, which is like teaching class. So piano, I got up to grade seven and then flute. I think I got up to grade eight or past grade eight, maybe. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, and then I was also in wind band, like our provincial wind band for flute. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty cool. I got to play at Carnegie Hall uh, oh, the what? one year. <laughs> yeah. Wait, <laughs> that's crazy. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> but it was, so it was like for this music competition for like bands, uh, wind bands specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess they get like a bunch of wind bands and then there's like an audience and then they give out like the awards. But the day of that competition, there was like this huge snowstorm in New York, so no one showed up to the, oh. to the the competition, which is great no. for my stage fright, but, oh. <laughs> but yeah, not great for the overall experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else you can do? Because, for example, I mean, because you mentioned like you don't like to just study, otherwise you'll go crazy. Yeah. Like, how do you? Yeah. How, what else do you do to pass the time? I guess. I'm very in- into like anything arts and crafts related mm-hmm. um i guess it's like a bit of my grandma coming out i enjoy like knitting and embroidery um mm. i really enjoy sewing and making my own clothes but it's just something again like in dorms it's not very practical to have a sewing machine so i haven't been able to do that mm-hmm. um and also like art i enjoy drawing and painting so like very mm. like creative stuff and i find that I haven't been very good at keeping up with that in university, but I'm mm-hmm. trying to get back into it just because I did a lot of it in high school and I feel like that was when I came up with like my best ideas when I was like being creative yeah, constantly. So uh-huh. <laughs> trying to get back into it to get back those good ideas. Wait, no, that sounds awesome. Let yeah. me know if you... Because, uh, yeah, I tried to get into drawing this summer. I uh, did well, like, that a little bit, but definitely drawing is pretty hard. Like, yeah. it's crazy because you, you totally see it in your head. And you're like, yeah. why does my hand not move the way yeah, it does in my head, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, you don't think of it, but like drawing is definitely something you have to like practice and exercise. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. that, that hand-eye coordination, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you ever want to give me some drawing tips, um, <laughs> I, I would totally take them. <laughs> we'll do, we'll but, do. <laughs> actually, I'm just curious, you said uh, you did knitting. Did you also do crocheting or no? No, I I okay. did want to do that because I think crocheting is easier than knitting, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I would need the equipment and I'm too lazy to go buy it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, definitely pretty interesting because I didn't know that you were like a pretty artsy person and I don't think I've seen much of maybe any of your art stuff before. Yeah, so. I don't really put, I'm still like very self-conscious about my art, uh-huh. I would say. <laughs> no, no, dude, uh, you, sh- you should definitely show me sometime. <laughs> Will do. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely pretty interested. <laughs> but yeah, um, so we're coming up on that one hour mark. Um, so if you don't know, something we do on this podcast, uh, this podcast is called Life Lessons. Um, and um, basically it's going over different people's experiences uh, as we've just done. 
and um, these experiences you like learn different things along the way. And I was just wondering, what are three life lessons of yours uh, through the experiences that you've accumulated? That's a good question. <laughs> you can um... take your time, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess like one thing that's really been coming to mind lately is like um, not comparing yourself to others. I think has been really important. Um, mm -hmm. I think for I would say like quite a lot of my like mechanical engineering career I've just been quite lost with what I want to do mm -hmm. um especially because you're surrounded by these I think maybe you know like you're surrounded by these classmates who are very passionate about like certain things already you know like mm -hmm. they love aerospace they love cars they love you know they're like they know what they want to do and that can be kind of intimidating I think because you're sort of like okay I'm surrounded by these people who are so passionate about what they do like mm -hmm. but I'm not like as inspired um like, am I doing, like, the right thing? Have I chosen the right career? Um, mm -hmm. Like, I struggled with that quite a lot, especially during Mech 2. Um, but then I came to realize it's, like, you know, everyone's on a different life journey. Um, mm -hmm. like, you can't really compare because everyone has a different goal. So it's okay yeah. that, like, I'm studying mechanical engineering and I don't want to work for NASA, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I think that was quite important for me in terms of, like, career path and professional growth. Um, mm -hmm. And it sort of, like, lifted this like weight off me i feel like okay with what i chose uh-huh yeah i don't know if you ever felt like you like you questioned like did i was like right in choosing mechanical engineering dude every day <laughs> right yeah and like so like so yeah not comparing myself and knowing that like everyone's you know got their own thing going that, that's like mm -hmm. helped me like um just like put things in perspective for sure um i guess that's one uh i think another one i guess it would be to like maintain a life balance, I think that's important. Um, yeah, I think just being like well-rounded and having like a holistic uh, like balance between like school, like social life, um, doing things you enjoy, mm -hmm. uh, that just like keeps you grounded and like, I think mentally it's pretty important as well that you don't um, like overwork yourself and just like end up over like just burning out. Um, for sure yeah I think like I would say I'm probably like a very chilled engineering student I'm not studying 24-7 uh -huh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> which yeah it's probably not great but I think that's what keeps me Same. not as stressed all the time yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> studying 40 hours a day <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. uh, um, to that. yeah uh, and I think I think the last thing... Wait, this is like life lessons, right? Or just like advice? Yeah, no, just, yeah, just life <laughs> lessons. Just things that you feel like you've learned or just yeah. maybe rules of thumbs that you've started mm -hmm. to follow. I think one thing as well, I would say from... I think this comes from growing up in South Africa is just having an open mind and just being tolerant of like people of different backgrounds and um, mm -hmm. being understanding. I find like... I don't know if it's just like compared to South Africa, Canada isn't really... I mean, it's not a bad place, but I feel like mm -hmm. people are are like not as willing to like listen to other people. Like they're very already set in their beliefs. Okay. Um, maybe that's just like what I've seen. Um, but I think like being able to hear other people's side of the story, just being interested in other people and like their culture and like their life story, I think it's like it helps like you know make the world a better place if you have that tolerance. Mm -hmm. for like accepting everyone um, uh, 
on that last point, sorry, I'm yeah. just, uh, I just have a quick question is, yeah, no worries. Um, is so like, for example, uh, like I definitely say Asia's more community centered, like mm-hmm. you're less, you're more focused on like building a community and you're just like a person. I, I don't know how to describe it. And while I feel like the Western community is more like, uh, individualism, like you gotta mm. be different, like, uh, yeah. Uh, um, would you say South Africa falls on like which side of that spectrum? I would say that's a good question. Um, I would kind of say like a bit of both. Um, okay. Like South Africa is very heavily influenced by Western culture, mm-hmm. um, but there is like this um, in I think it's in the Zulu culture. There's like a phrase called Ubuntu. That's also like the, the programming software or whatever. <laughs> but but it means like I am because you are essentially. And it's like sort of like everyone around you affects you. And like you, you need to like, you know, treat everyone with respect. And like you like your actions affect everyone else as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, that's sort of like more of the Asian aspect of like building communities. Sure. I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like a mix of both. And I, yeah, that's like the other thing with South Africa. It's like you have so many different cultures mixing and intertwining. Um, and I think that's why, like, as I mentioned, like, you know, being able to, like, just hear people out and, like, mm-hmm. be interested and, yeah, pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah, no, I definitely like all three of the things that you mentioned. Uh, especially, so, yeah, definitely those, the first two, like, um, just stopping to compare, or stop comparing yourself and, uh, yeah. really taking time for yourself. I've definitely also been trying to learn that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and I can definitely relate to what you're talking about. And even that third point, like, of just listening to other people, that's, like, partially yeah. why I wanted to start this podcast, just to hear about other people's stories. It's, like, yeah, all the t- I feel like all the time we're just, like, focused on ourselves or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, just, I really did enjoy hearing about the stuff you've been through. So, yeah. um, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so the last thing on this podcast is I give away what we call a friend award. Um, so basically, uh, essentially I think the, uh, you want the people around you to help bring you up. And I just want to say, I commend you for the courage you had to just travel and study on like the literal opposite side of the world. Um, and it's also super motivating to, uh, super motivating, uh, to hear how you've been more involved, uh, with your design team and just, um, the way you've been, uh, navigating through mech. Uh, I know we spoke a, like a handful of times back in mech too. Yeah. And both, I think whenever we talked, we were both kind of, like not really sure what are we doing here like yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah and i even remember we both uh applied to like the same design team at one point um so just to see how far you, uh you've come and it really sounds like you're really enjoying what you're doing mm-hmm. um just motivates me and makes me want to get more involved too so um yeah just thanks for uh thanks for sharing what you've been doing and um it's definitely very motivating yeah, I'm glad. Thanks for having me on and like being able to. I don't really get to share these stories often, as you said. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, uh, as I said, like we haven't hung out that much. So if you ever want to hang out yeah. sometime, just let me know. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah. Um, otherwise, is there anything you want to plug? Um, last comments? Anything else from you? Um, not really. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, no worries. <laughs> I guess I guess just keep yeah keep doing what you're doing and like doing. I think it's very interesting. I was listening to um your other two podcasts that are out currently. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's like really interesting. Like everyone has like such like you know 
okay, phrase it. Like the world is such a big place, and like <laughs> it's like everyone has like such an interesting life, even though there's like so many of us. Um, <laughs> it's just like so interesting to be able to hear what everyone else is going through. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, damn. Thanks for thanks for listening to the other podcast. <laughs> thanks for the support, fam. <laughs> but yeah, um, to everyone else listening, um, we started up an Instagram. Uh, it's at Life Leasons Podcast. So check that out. Um, but otherwise, thanks again, Chachi, for being on. And uh, stay safe, everyone. I'll see you guys on the next episode. <laughs>